Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Say go Steelers! Go Steelers! Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, June 17th, 2018, episode 43. Once again, this is Tom from the Washington, D.C. Outpost. Joining me from the Houston Outpost is Nick. Happy Father's Day to everybody. We uh, decided to do this even earlier today since uh, it's a beautiful, sunshiny day out, out here in Washington, about 90 degrees. Great reason to be ensconced in the basement command center for yeah. an afternoon podcast when nothing in the world is happening. There we go. Yeah, there's so much not going on right now. We just couldn't wait to get this thing done and, out and to report you guys. it off. Yeah, we want to get it done, not get it over with, but get it done. And here we are. And let me say on air to our fearless leader here. Happy Father's Day to my dad, who's on the other side of the line right there in the command center. We just got done with a pretty thrilling Father's Day, and now here we are. We're going to talk to you guys about some Martavis Bryant. We're going to talk to you about some Big Benny, and we're going to talk about uh, some other stuff that we'll get to. But how have you been spending the Father's Day so far? I'm bummed that I can't be there. Well, your mother served me a delicious breakfast consisting of an egg fatata with breakfast potatoes and some juice. Oh, the potatoes. So I enjoyed that on the deck with no interruption and a newspaper in front of me. Perfect day, as I mentioned before. And uh, follow that up with a uh, with power washing. I was not permitted to power wash the deck, but I did power wash the fence all along the the back of the yard. There's nothing better than short of war, I'd say, with a, you know, an actual machine gun is a power washing wand. So basically you just encapsulated the experience of the American father in one day and you just lived it to the fullest. I, I can speak for myself. Uh, maybe I was politically incorrect in referencing war, but uh, that's the way I, that's the way well, I feel. We'll toe the line here. That's what we do. We're on the edge and maybe next year I can fly up there and we can go toss the old rock in the, uh, in the, on the gravel gridiron in front of the house. Exactly. Well, so big news of the week, obviously you, Everybody found out Friday morning that Martavis is back in the news and not for a good reason. Yeah, unfortunately. So it's not confirmed yet, but there it, it's looking kind of likely that Martavis could be suspended again for a drug-related uh, incident. I don't know if it's you know weed stuff again or someone even put out there that it's PEDs. I don't have us. There's no super reliable source on what's happening right now because it's hearsay, but usually – when there's hearsay about someone getting suspended in the NFL, it happens. So I guess there's a couple main things you can look at, right? Two main things is number one, on a, on a human level, I think this is the first time where I actually turned for a moment from thinking this guy is so stupid 
as much as I love him, I turned from that to just to actually feeling bad for him because, man, it really seemed like he had a total turnaround. If he made the same mistake again and pretty much ended his NFL career, which is what I think this incident would, would do to him, man, dude, how many opportunities do you need? And then the second thing you would think is, wow, the Steelers won that trade. Not that they knew that was going to happen, but. I'm with you. I, I'm not going to characterize him as stupid or not stupid. The, the yeah. guy clearly has a problem. a problem. We don't know whether you, you said it. I guess we uh, if, it, if if there wasn't if the news uh, isn't void of any information, we wouldn't be looking at this so hard. It could be a violation like um, not showing up for a drug test. So we don't we have no idea what it is. We need confirmation. But this guy clearly has not made good choices and he's not getting good advice, as evidenced by his girlfriend. Uh Right. Baby mama tweets last uh, last incident. I like that how you say that. I don't know. Baby mama. <laughs> I've learned that. I learned that that's what you call them these days. But yeah, it is. You know, a guy without a lot of experience, but a lot of exposure. And it has exposed him for his lack of judgment. But again, Man. we need to wait for confirmation. It's such a bummer when you see these guys turn in, in similar ways, right? And his situation it's so odd to me the two guys you would compare him to as far as guys who have had multiple drug infractions so much so that they were suspended for a year at a time or multiple years there's two other guys you look at and it's will blackman the very highly drafted wide receiver and like a top 10 wide receiver out of oklahoma state who the jaguars barely even had because he was suspended so often and then of course the big famous one josh gordon who just finally made it back to the cleveland browns after like what was it like two years out of the league and what's interesting with martavis josh and blackman all these guys are actually very similar players like similar build they all play wide receiver they're all these giant prototypical julio jones-esque calvin johnson-esque wide receivers and they all have this issue and i'm sure those other guys may be down in the practice squads that we don't hear about in the media going through this but it, it sort of seems like when this happens it's with these big super talented wide receivers i just think i mean it's not a huge sample size but it's kind of interesting to look at you know well for all the credit you mentioned the steelers should take for for this trade imagine the oakland raiders what a what oh a gosh. shot in the foot Getting rid of a third-round player for a for guy nothing. who had obvious red flags all over the place. Well, roll the dice. Roll the dice, right? Yep. John Gruden. They take in your, you take in your weary, your those yearning to breathe free, and and you take a chance. Yes, we, we, we'll see. Was, he's all. I guess John Gruden's really trying to make a make a big splash when coming into the Raiders right now because trading a third round pick from Artavis Bryant when you could use that third round pick to build your team is risky in a lot of ways not only because the guy's gotten suspended constantly and he's one drug test one like failed drug test away from being suspended indefinitely like maybe never playing football again and here we are but not only because of that but he didn't play that well last year he really didn't play well the whole year no he didn't and he had one year left on his contract what if he did have a breakout year yeah, then you got to pay him. You got Amari Cooper on your team. It was, um, it's the reason why the Steelers took the draft because it would be uh, kind of stupid to trade a third round pick for him. It would be an ultimate gamble. If it paid off, oh my goodness, if you could have Amari Cooper, Martavis Bryan at at least 75% of his dominant form. And then, you know, obviously they have Jordy Nelson, but plug in whoever else. If that's your, your two guys with Derek Carr as your quarterback, you could 
have a top offense for the next however many years. But, man, nobody else was willing to take that risk on a third-round pick, and this is the reason why. So now you didn't even get a draft in the third round this year, and your receiving room is in trouble. So uh, unless you have other things to say about it, we have big headlines on Beth, Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I just, the last thing I'll say on Marty is that I do hope the dude gets better, and I hope he gets back in the league, but, damn, that's going to be hard. But we can move on to Agreed. Ben. All right. So big headline today on Huge Ben. Headline. Yep. Do you want to report it? You want the honors? Yeah, thank you. He re- he hosted a camp for toddlers, so we got that going on. He's involved with football, everybody. I saw some video. I did not see any cheese doodles like we saw on The Bachelor last year or The Bachelorette or whatever the hell that was. It seems like he- he's getting his exercise the way Ben does at a jogging pace. But uh, all jokes aside – He had an interview with Jeremy Fowler from ESPN where he talked about what they were doing at the camp. He said, we are teaching these little tiny humans, or he said these kids, the fundamentals of football. He thinks it's very important to teach the kids the fundamentals of football before they actually go into tackle football. He said, I think that kids are playing tackle football way too early. I hear of even second and third graders playing tackle football. Now, where we come from, you and me, dad, they call those uh, – they, they like separate the age groups of your of your teams by different names, right? Like juniors, this, whatever. Those are the ankle biters. I don't know how the ankle biters could get hurt <laughs> because it looked like two tennis shoes coming out of a face mask. There was yeah, no body. Helmet. They were completely ensconced <laughs> in a helmet and a girded face mask out front of them and just looked like South Park kids. The cartoon South Park, yes. that's what football right. looked like comparison yeah well ben is trying to protect those ankle biters because he says second third grade way too early to play football he said i didn't play tackle football till fifth grade which ironically he he thinks that's the best time to start (laughs) that's my whole reason he says he talked about his kids uh jeremy asked like is he gonna let his kids play football he said well no they won't be allowed to play until fifth grade if they do want to play and i think Number one, it's awesome in American because I kind of – I'm sorry. I understand the health risks. Totally respect if uh, parents don't want to let their kids play football. But there's a reason why we spend our off time having a podcast talking to each other into computer screens just about this sport because I think it's an amazing sport and I would let my kids play. Um, I would probably keep them playing and you know I wouldn't have them do the ankle biter thing probably either. But regardless, what I'm trying to say is Fifth grade is still early, man. Like, I didn't start playing until sixth grade. And actually, in retrospect, I wish I had started playing earlier. But a lot of guys are saying, I don't want to let my kids play football at all. I'm going to push them towards baseball, push them towards basketball, which is ridiculous. Because unless you're six eight, then don't push them towards basketball. But I just love that that's his definition of, of safety. It's like, yeah, they won't be eight, but they'll be 12. Not even 12. You missed the headline in the story. This what is where I, I learned Ben's... Uh, Ben's kids' names, Ben, we know their names. Bailey, and Bodie. Oh, all bees, the killer bees, once again. He's got his own killer bees, yeah, very interesting. Yes. Anyways, that's uh, it's kind of a There's no talk of that. Way to tell you, you that. don't hear any kind of that talk in Houston, do you? Oh, no. No, no, they're going to start them earlier right, to, to basically strengthen their craniums to guard against their concussions. Yeah, more Oklahoma drugs is the solution, Daddy. And they're going to be all the top recruits. So what are you going to do? 
So speaking of the Steeler quarterback, it seems we're going to have a reshuffling. If you're to believe all the pundits who have been watching, um, what not training camp, but mini camp, yeah. Ed Bouchette saying that Mason Rudolph is nosing his way into second place. Oh man, wouldn't that be crazy? A guy who's allegedly supposed to be a first round quarterback being able to beat her out of fourth round Landry Jones. Hey, you and I said that too. I mean, where we stand today, obviously, I, if we had a game, obviously I would want to put Landry Jones in before Mason Rudolph. But we know what Landry is. Uh, if Mason can really escalate the way that the Steelers think he can. Now, did the rest of the NFL think that? I don't know. They let him last all the way to the third round, right? Now, granted, the teams that really need quarterbacks were able to snatch him up in the first round. But um, as I talk around this subject, the guy's supposed to have huge upside. I would hope by the end of the year he could supplant Landry, right? But as yeah. of today, I don't know. Who knows? And who knows who goes? I'd still keep Landry before Josh. I doubt. Yeah, I doubt that. Well, who knows? I guess really training camp's going to be the time. I think what's happening now is reporters are getting on the field and be like, whoa, this Mason Rudolph dude is good. Like, yeah, that's why they had him graded so high. But if you went, if Landry's not the number two quarterback for the home opener against – or the season opener away against the Browns, I'll be very surprised just because – there's a lot of nuances to the offense that's been they've been running for quite some time now, and it's going to take Mason a little time to pick that up. But I mean, obviously, by 2019, Mason's going to be the backup. Do you think it, that if um, Josh Dobbs goes to the practice squad, he would get picked up by somebody else if he put, goes put on waivers? Uh, it's going to depend how he does in the preseason. You know, he was so atrocious last year. I expect him to do a lot better this year. You remember Landry was terrible his first couple years in the preseason. And then he set the record for most preseason snaps by a football player. I'm not exaggerating. He has that record now, or top two or something. And then he played a lot better. So we'll have to see um, how Josh does after uh, preseason. But right now, I don't think someone will pick him up. Okay. Uh, So more conjecture about football and shorts, as they say. So the last thing we were going to talk about, unless you have something else, do you? No, I think we're, I think we're good. I think we covered those main ones. I won't spend a lot of time on this, but I updated an analysis I did last year looking at Kevin Colbert's, I call them Kevin Colbert's draft classes since the year he started in 2000. It's just interesting. I, people, I put them in charts. You don't have to look at too many numbers. You just get the gist of it. But some of the there's things we found out was there's color in there. Um, I looked at the time on the Steelers based on the draft position each player was chosen. You might be surprised to learn that the uh, first-year picks have been on the Steelers for almost seven years, and nobody, no other round comes close. Although Wait, the third-round players seem the first round. Right? You were saying the first rounders tend to stay on the Steelers gotcha. longer than any other round. The first rounders, more first rounders, are still in the NFL compared to any other round by far. What was interesting is if you look at all the draft classes from 2000 to 2017. In only one year did all the draft picks make the team, and that was in 2016. This past year, everybody except one, Holba, the um, first while long snapper, snapper, uh, made the team. So average of 88. So over the years, 78% of six, about six out of eight, eight out of eight of the players make their. Sorry, went to eight plus. Yeah, make the team. Yeah. The last can, uh, last five years, that. yeah. So the last years have been at average or above average. So 
good timing. And if you look at the draft, you'll see how many of those players actually stay in the NFL, which is also, I think, a good indicator. The problem with the analysis, and I'll admit this myself, it's just too much work to see how that stacks up against the rest of the NFL. I I have to learn how to use a pivot table in Excel to be able to do that. So I'll be taking another Lynda.com class in the near future. Nick, without looking at the screen, which I know you can see, what is the most chosen position the Steelers – what is the Steelers' most chosen position on the offense since 2000? got to be lineman right or do i have to name a specific or if they separated no. the lineman yes they separated the lineman well i'm going with wide receiver well you'd be right how about the uh on defense linebacker close your eyes i'm gonna say linebacker. outside linebacker okay well they didn't break it down between the it's linebacker by noses yeah, out the defensive backs by one Anyway, you can see that real quick about the uh, the the first rounder things. The first rounder is sticking around. I think we know that most listeners would probably project that those are supposed to be the more talented guys, right? But there's another reason why first rounders stick around on the Steelers and on NFL teams, and that's just because they get more chances than other people. You know, you have that first round grade on you. Teams are holding out hope, like, okay, this guy clearly sucks, but he was pretty good in college. And I don't think we're dumb in selecting him in that round. So maybe he'll break out in his fourth year, <laughs> Bud Dupree. And then you also have franchises who don't want the egg on their face of admitting that they were wrong about drafting a player. So they keep giving him more chances and like, oh, you know, he can't rush from the quarterbacks uh, from the side when the quarterback can see him coming. Like the Steelers just said about Bud Dupree. The problem is we need to make sure he's invisible when he's on the field. So you guys can understand that, right? We did select him in the first round, figuring that he would have an invisibility cloak at his disposal. So I'm sure you can all understand this. We're giving him another chance. We're going to pick this fifth-year option. But it's not. It's obviously from talent is the big reason for our first-rounders sticking around, but it's also politics. Here's a little trivia for you. It's going to be tough for you, but of our seventh-round choices – Yes. Who lasted the longest on the Steelers in the last 17 years? You have a name? Oh, yeah. Now, I had the it's advantage Kiesel? of having poured over the... It's Kiesel. Yes. Did I get it? You got it. Nailed it. Well, you'll be able to see the other longest tenured players by round if you go to www.steelersoutpost.com. Uh, Anyway, that's what yeah. I want to show you. It's more interesting to see the to see the graphs than it is for me to ramble on about a bunch of numbers. Anything else from your side, Nick? No, I think we covered it all. Ben and the toddlers, Martavis and the sadness. All right. Well, as usual, we will be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Please hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. As I mentioned, check out the website at SteelersOutpost.com or send us an email with some comments, questions, complaints, and compliments, SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Until next week, thanks for listening. Go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye.